guys, I love you all so much and I hope that today's message encourages you. Be sure and like and subscribe if you are tuning in on YouTube. Comment down below what you learned in today's message and what other topics you'd like to hear talked about moving forward. And if you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review. We love reading your reviews and it actually helps us as we prepare for messages to come. And make sure to turn on your push notifications so that you can know whenever episodes come out as we have new episodes every single Wednesday. Guys, I love y'all and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. I'm your host, Emma Mae McDaniel, and I genuinely wish that I could be with each of you and hear the answer to that question of what's up, what's going on in your life. But for what we have now, I'm thankful for a podcast and I hope that just the little way that I get to be a part of your life, I hope it's encouraging. I hope that today's podcast builds you up because guys, if any podcast, this is one to get excited about because it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry week of Christmas, everybody. I love I love Christmas, and so of course we are going to be talking about the Christmas story, and I am pumped. So, without further ado, grab your headphones and let's get into the work. This is so sweet. I just love everything Christmas, and... I figured what better way to celebrate on the podcast this week than to go to the Word and read through Luke 2. So I'm going to read, if y'all have your Bibles with you, um, then you can follow along with me, or if not, I'll just speak this over you. But I'm going to be reading Luke 2 verses 1 through 21, and then we will go into the Word. So at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius, I think that's how you say it, was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judah, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now ex- expecting a child. Verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
We're in verse 16. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Last verse, verse 21. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Isn't the word just so good just to hear the word of God? I reference this all the time, but it's so it's so powerful. Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen says that the word of God is literally breathed by God, and it has been made profitable for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, for training in righteousness, and it equips us for every good work. It equips the righteous person completely and thoroughly for every good work. I am equipped. I am corrected. I am rebuked. I am trained. Whenever I choose to submit to the word, I'm just so thankful I get to read the word with y'all. So I want to break this down a little bit and go back to the beginning. So verse one, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. So a little bit of history here. Caesar Augustus um, sent out a decree for a census to be taken throughout the whole world, meaning basically the whole empire. Um, And what this means is that every single person in the empire had to return to their hometown to be registered. And this, like you were like, okay, why? The reason is because um, for the purpose of taxes and to note who in each town was able to go to the military if need be. But the Jews um, were not required to go to the military, go serve in the military. So in this case of Mary and Joseph, they were going back to Bethlehem for the purpose of taxes and to be registered for that reason. And there's something that I thought was so cool, um, because if you read that this was the first census taken when um, Quirinius was governor of Syria, something that I read that I thought was so interesting is that apparently the census, like they only took place every 14 years. So if you look at like the reign of the emperors, it makes sense that this would have been his first time just because it was the first one within 14 years since he began his reign. And what I think is crazy is that this cycle of 14 years could have made its way around at any point in time. But the fact that it takes place when Jesus is going to be born is just proof of how in control God is. For God has said that my son is going to be born in Bethlehem, the savior of the world. I will send him and he will be born in Bethlehem. So the fact, and we know that because in Micah 5, 2, the, the prophet says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, or Ephratha, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. So back years and years and years prior to this moment, God has made it known that it is in Bethlehem he is going to send the Savior of the world. And the fact that his earthly father, Joseph, he is a part of the lineage of David in his hometown is in Bethlehem. They have to go back to Bethlehem to be registered. And it was during this time that Jesus is born. God is just so in the details. And I thought that was just so cool. And 
even thinking of Mary in this journey. So they're going from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and this is about 80 miles. Can you imagine like ladies who have been pregnant, being pregnant, riding on a donkey and traveling 80 miles? That's just, that's just crazy. Um, but so we continue reading and Mary, Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem and there is no room that is available for him, for, for them. And so we read verse six. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And what I think is so crazy powerful is that Jesus was laid in a manger when he was born and a manger is literally a feeding trough. It's where the animals went and ate their food. And that's where he was laid. And I could not help but think of Philippians 2, 5 through 7. And so I'm going to turn there really quick and just read this with you guys. Because Philippians 2, um, Paul is writing and he's talking about Jesus. And even from the time that Jesus is born, we see the humility. We see his lowliness that he would come and dwell among us and understand what it's like just to be a human. Like he literally was fully God and fully man. Listen to this. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 7. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, Paul wrote. Though he was God, he was fully God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. And I think that this is just what a powerful picture that Jesus would come and he would be born and be placed literally where the animals would come and feed and they would eat their food. That's where he was laid. Jesus humbled himself to the form of a human. And I'm just so, so thankful. So while all this is going on, okay, so literally Jesus, fully God, fully man, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Prophecies are being fulfilled. He's laid in a feeding trough, the humblest place of all that a king, the king of kings could ever be born. And that's where God, the king of the universe, chose to be, chose to dwell. While all of that is happening, here, I close, if y'all are watching on YouTube, you see I closed my Bible <laughs> back real quick. But while all of this is happening, there are some shepherds that are um, watching over their flock and it's nighttime. So that's where we are picking up that night, verse eight, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified as you can probably imagine like, oh my goodness, these shepherds, they probably are tired. They're probably in need of a bath. They're probably going about their nightly routine, watching over these sheep. And all of a sudden, literally the, the Lord manifested his glory is surrounding them what do you do in that moment? It says that they were terrified, but an angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid. And one of my favorite verses ever, like, you know, sometimes a lot of people ask like, okay, what's your favorite Bible verse? I always have such a hard time answering that question, but this would definitely be in that category for me. Luke 2 verse 10, and the angel said to them, fear not for behold, this word behold, it means to look or to see, to look See, behold, I bring you what good news of what great joy that will be for who? 
all people. What am I bringing? I'm bringing you good news. What is this good news of of or about? It's a great joy. And who is it for? It's for all people. This, This good news of great joy is to be for all people. This passage is specifically addressing the people of Israel. But we will come to see revealed that this message is actually for everybody, including you and me. And I am forever thankful for that. This message of the good news being for all people is even proven in its delivery. For the shepherds were not the popular people per se. The shepherds were not very they were not the people that people would have gone and told the most exciting news to first. These they were actually known to be ceremonially unclean according to the Jewish law. They were they were just not they were not the folks that everybody just really wished they could be. They did not have the title that everybody craved to have. And yet out of all of those things that you would think disqualified them from hearing the good news of great joy that all of creation has been awaiting, they are the first that God chooses to reveal this news to, that my son is here The Savior of the world is here. So even just hearing that this good news is for all people, it's not just to sound nice, but it's being proven in how it's given. It's being given to the people that a lot of others would not have thought that that this good news would be for them. And that's actually the group of people that God's like, I want to deliver this message to them first. Just so, so cool to me. And what's so powerful too is that these are shepherds watching over sheep. And what's so cool here is that the sheep are typically like if you had the like the first um, spotless lamb, it was given in the temple for sacrifice to cover the sins of people. And now these shepherds who are taking care of these sheep are being told of the lamb of God who is going to take care of the sins of the world by being the ultimate sacrifice. And by his blood, we are made as white as snow. Verse 11, let's let's keep going. This is so good. Verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Another version says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Guys, this is huge. God is here. God is with people on earth. Like I was just saying from Philippians 2, he humbled himself to the point of becoming a baby in human form, and he's here to save us all and bring us back to himself. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... For this ad break, we want you to take a break. So unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, and take a deep breath. I think that sometimes without even realizing it, we forget to practice the simple but game-changing things that relieve stress, and Calm can help us with that. With the Calm app, you can sleep more, stress less, and live better. And if you go to calm.com slash herd, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content is added every week. Again, for listeners of the show, this is a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm subscription at calm.com slash herd. 
Again, you can go to calm.com slash herd for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash herd. It makes me think I was really excited to share this with you guys. It makes me think of the song, Oh Holy Night. One of my good friends, we would, like actually a group of my friends, we would all hang out after our Tuesday and Thursday classes throughout this past semester. And one day after class when we were getting coffee, we were talking about Christmas songs. And one of my friends, she brought up how much like she loves Christmas songs. And not only because like, of course it's Christmas, but a lot of Christmas songs have such scriptural depth to them. Like they're, they're the message of hope for the world through our savior, Jesus Christ. And yet we sing them as though we like forget the meaning of the words we're saying because we're so familiar with the song. And so we were just talking about actually how powerful Christmas songs are. And I thought about that conversation been thinking of Oh Holy Night and this passage. And I wanted to share it with you guys. I'm just going to read the lyrics for y'all because it's so rich. So, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and ever pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. This was good news, great joy. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. O hear the angels' voices. O night divine. O night when Christ was born. O night divine. O night. O night divine. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. With all within us. Let us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. His name forever praise we. Noel, Noel, O night, O night divine. Noel, Noel, O night, O holy night. I love this statement here. It's like towards the beginning of the song. And it says, Long lay the world in sin and ever pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Pining, I never knew what this word meant, yet I sang it every time I sang Oh Holy Night. And I grew up going to choir or being in the choir. And so I've sang this song so many times and I've never known what this word meant. So I looked it up. And pining, it means to suffer in mental and physical decline, especially because of a broken heart. And whenever I read that definition, like to suffer a mental and physical decline, especially because of a broken heart, I reflect on the fact that all of us have been in this space. And that is why all of us need this good news. All of us have suffered from mental and physical decline, especially because of a broken heart. And this broken heart comes from being in separation of our maker. We, from being and outside of a relationship with the God who made us, with the God who loves us, with the God who is the creator, with the God who is worthy of our praise and whom we were knitted from deep within the depths of our being to praise him. Because of our rebellion against him, we were broken off from him, not being able to be in relationship with him. And that's the truest broken heart that there is. And so it makes sense that we would be in a mental and physical decline and we'll be suffering from it, especially because of a broken heart, 
because we don't know our God. We don't know our Savior. We don't know our Maker. Long lay the world in sin and ever pining. Because of this sin, I am forever just at the broken heart. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. This good news of great joy for all people. It is through him that I know that I am loved. Why? Because Romans 5, 8 says he demonstrated his perfect love for me and you. That while we still rebelled, while we still went our own way, in other words, while we still sinned, Christ died for us. He came in the form of a baby, humbling himself to the humblest place, lived the perfect life we could not live, died the debt that we deserve, being that perfect lamb, being that perfect sacrifice, and taking our place, being buried and then he rose again, so that all who believe in him, we shall be made whole again. No longer shall we have a broken heart. God says he's near to the brokenhearted and he saves the Christian spirit. And in him, we lack no good thing because in him, we are satisfied. We are made complete. This is so good. (laughs) This is so powerful. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I've never really thought about the significance of this verse, but I feel like that's a pretty... That's a pretty highlighted sign. When when would they probably have ever seen a baby laying in a feeding trough? Laying in this little bucket where, where animals are supposed to eat their food. To see a baby in that space, I was like, wow, that would be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swatting cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest and on on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Okay, this is really, really cool. I love reading through different commentaries just to grow in my understanding of the word. And one commentator, William Barclay, he wrote something that I think is so spectacular. I had to share it. So this is what he said. We have already seen... Um, that when a baby was born, the local musicians congregated at the house to greet him with simple music. So apparently this was like a thing that like whenever a boy, a baby boy was born, like he would have his own little concert. Like these musicians would come to his house and perform like this play music for like just the honor of his birth. Well, Jesus being born in a manger known to be like either a stable or in a cave within the hillside near the inn, like this, this was not a possibility for him. So William Barclay continues, Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem and therefore that ceremony could not be carried out. It is lovely to think that the minstrelsy of heaven took place, took the place of the minstrelsy of earth and angels sang the songs for Jesus that the earthly singers could not sing. I thought that was so sweet that this typical ceremony that every baby boy would have, Jesus humbling himself to such a degree that he is where nobody would know that he's born to come and sing for him. God God himself sings over him. The angels come and declare praise. I I just thought that was beautiful. I love too. This is this is so fun that the angels say, I want to read it again. In verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So if you read that and think about it for a little bit, it's like how do I know that I've pleased God? 
Like, I want this peace so bad, but what do I have to do to please him? I mean, he's God. What could I ever do to please him? And this I want to encourage you in. In Hebrews 11, we read that it is without faith that no one can please God. Meaning that we please God through our faith. And this is something that all of us have access to. All of us. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So what is he saying here? It is through having faith in Jesus that he came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again, putting faith in him that it is through him I am saved. And it is through that that I, we find favor with God, that we, we're good That our friendship with God is restored. Our relationship with him is mended completely, wholly. That we can have peace from God and with God. I just want to encourage you on that. That's just powerful. Just so, so powerful. So in in reflection on Oh Holy Night and all the lyrics in that song, I want to share this with you guys. Again, that this good news is available to all. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I wrote this down just to encourage you. Talking about how pining is, it's suffer from physical or mental decline, especially from a broken heart. And so through Christ, I want to tell you, no longer will your heart be broken due to separation from the Lord. And ever you were laying in sin, no longer may you lay in the powerful shackles of sin. And before Christ, I didn't know my worth. But no longer may you be torn in confusion regarding your worth. Because till he appeared, your soul felt its worth. For Christ has come to make you whole, to give you victory in his name, and to give you identity in him. Talk about being loved and nothing in all of creation, neither height nor depth, the angels, the demons, the past, the present, no principality, no ruler. Nothing in all of creation can separate you from this love Talk about confidence in your worth to the Lord. So, of course, after this engagement with these angels, the shepherds have to go check out this good news. This good news of what great joy that is for who all people. So, I think I even think about it in reflection to like whenever you hear good news or you hear a good word, it's like we're compelled to let others in on it. And so, that's what the shepherds did. Verse 17 through 18. Um, they, they go to the place where Jesus was and says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. In other words, they were just amazed. They were astounded at what was being told. And then it says in verse 20 through 21, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And this, friends, I want to just encourage y'all with. I want to I wanna leave you and send you off in this. So just as the shepherds were praising God for all that they had heard and seen based on what they had been told, And just as Jesus was given his name, Jesus, as the angel had spoken, I want to encourage you that you can count on what God says. You can build your life on the words of the Lord. 
the angels heard something, they were told something, and they went to see it for themselves and saw it to be true. The angel said that this is what his name will be, and that's what his name was. In Micah, as we read earlier in our message today, the Lord said that he would send the Savior of the world to be born in Bethlehem. And a census is decreed, and every 14 years is only whenever it happens. And Joseph, whom Mary is engaged to, is a part of the lineage of David, and he's from Bethlehem. And Mary is about to be, like, about to give birth to Jesus. So they make their trip all the way to Bethlehem, and he's born in Bethlehem. His name is Jesus, and the shepherds see everything the angels told them about. What God says you can count on, what God says you can build your life on, what he has promised, you can guarantee it. He is a faithful God who never goes back on his word, just as he said it was so, and it is still that case today. And that's what I want to leave you guys with, that his word, you will be blessed as you read it and as you live it out, as you hide it in your heart and as you trust it to be true. I just want I just want to just encourage you in that and send you out in that as not only this year comes to an end, but as you step into the next year, that life is filled with questions and filled with uncertainties in the next season. You may not know what it looks like and you may have had a lot of words given from a lot of people and some of it came out to be true and other words that came out were not to be true. And you may have heard a word or you may have read something that was a promise in scripture and you haven't seen it in your own life. I just want you to know that the Lord is faithful. His word does not return void and his timing is perfect. These people had been awaiting a savior for years and years and years. And I wonder if some of them doubted, did God really mean what he said? <laughs> Like he said he was sending us a savior, but when is it coming? It was in the perfect time, in the perfect way, just as he said. Trust him. He is good. He is faithful. And praise him because he's so worthy of it. And it is through him that your soul will know its worth. Guys, I love you so much, but even more so at a greater capacity than what we could ever fathom or grasp. The Lord loves you so, so much. And as Mary treasured these things and pondered these things in her heart, I pray that you will not just hear it and say, yep, that was a great podcast and go on to the rest of your day. I pray that you would think on it, not on necessarily the words I said, but the word of God that you heard today. And I pray that you would treasure it and ponder on it, think on it, go to the Lord with it, talk to other people about it, hide it in your heart because it's truth that will not fail you. How awesome is our God? If y'all are watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't. Comment down below what your favorite Christmas tradition is and what you're excited to do um, throughout this week for Christmas. And also what content you'd like to see in the new year, which is so crazy to think about. 2022. I'm so excited. And if y'all are tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download rate, review. We love reading through your reviews and share it with your people. And be sure and follow us on the Have You Heard Instagram page, which is simply Have You Heard underscore podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram at First Corinthians 13 underscore love. I love you. God loves you. And I hope you have the most Merry Christmas. 
Bye, guys. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.